I would like to welcome everyone to our second season of Against the Grain, the Collaborative for the Common Good podcast at Wingate University. We hope you enjoy this season with lots of movers and shakers, with lots of information about the CCG, for lots of community portraits, and also for our student voices. So stay tuned for many episodes coming up over this next year. If you'd like to get involved with the podcast or perhaps be on one of our podcasts, please reach out at ccg at wingate.edu. So how are you all doing? In a world full of uncertainty and change, we've we've gone through COVID, we are living through Black Lives Matters, we look at, you know, uh, Me Too movement, there's all sorts of uncertainty and difficulty and angst in our world. So it's really important to take care of yourself. And is really important to take care of each other. So today, we are going to be talking to Trip Wright, my my symbolic nephew, um, no relation, but actually, you know, we've grown into family, a winged alumni, a great mover and shaker. Uh, and we're going to talk today the way he helps the members of his community. He's taken what he learned from winged and moved it to a different place in our, our nation. And he's helping care for others and care for himself, I hope. So today's guest, Trip Wright, he was a former member of the Wu swimming team. I do believe that he is a motorcycle builder as well in his spare time uh, that takes him away from his two great loves, teaching and running a nonprofit that he started, Heart for Iberia. So today we will be talking about his entrepreneurial mindset, his really big heart, and his desire to help transform the place he lives, and the people he lives with. So I'm Kathy Wright, Director of the CCG and Associate Professor in the Religion Department, and this is Against the Grain. Today's episode focuses on a mover and shaker. It's part of our Movers and Shakers series. We learn how various movers and shakers on campus, whether it's past or present, um, are working to improve the lives of our students, faculty, staff, and the greater community, even 749 miles away. I looked that up. So Trip, I fondly do call you my nephew. So if it comes up, um, yes, I do have a nephew. And uh I'm excited to discuss the amazing work that you are doing, that you did on our campus and what you're doing right now, as well as talk to you a little bit about some of the things you picked up along the way and who inspired you and how you're bringing that kind of inspiration to the residents of Louisiana. But before we get into the hard stuff, let's do the fun stuff. Some fun facts to help our listeners get to know you better. So Trip. Tell me a favorite place that you have visited 
and the favorite food that you ate while you were there? Oh, man. Favorite food, favorite place. Actually, there's a picture on my wall that you cannot see. It's behind my computer. Um, When I was in Thailand, I was at a restaurant and I ordered fish. Okay, you order fish. Little did I know they would bring out a a fish about a foot long, full of scales everywhere. Whole fish laying there. And I looked at it and I looked at the person and I'm like, am I supposed to eat that? Because I had never eaten a whole fish. Well, then all of a sudden you start like kind of like peeling it back. And that fish was probably the best fish I've ever eaten. But there's a picture on my wall that captures my face. And I'm just kind of like, oh, <laughs> so that was, that was a good, fun memory of food. Oh, nice. And I remember you telling me a story about what is the hottest food you ever ate? Ah, now I haven't used this word in a while, but I think it's considered mala, like M-A-L-A. It's a Chinese numbing sauce that they had in Thailand um, that they brought over from China. Needless to say, it was not very good. It was, it was super spicy around uh, one. And well, my stomach was tore up for the next three days. There's more to that story, but. Yeah. So tell me how you got to Thailand, because I think we have some juniors as well as seniors that are looking forward to winter national, but tell us a little bit, how did you manage to get to Thailand? Okay, well, so Winter National, I was actually in South Korea, um, and that was really, really neat. But then, so as I swam in college uh, and swam before, your summers are pretty much booked. And I think that's the truth for a lot of, a lot of students. They, they finish school, and then it's like, hey, summer, and then your summer gets overwhelmed. Well, I had always had the dream to go overseas and spend some time um, learning from other people. Uh, it's, it's really easy to be around the same people and never challenge yourself. But when you're around a different culture, uh, you tend to figure out who you are and what you believe. And so while like on the swim team, we have a lot of European um, faces, not a lot of Eastern. And so Thailand was a place that we had a mutual friend or a connection. And so after I graduated, what, 2018, I guess, May. Yeah. It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, I then went to Thailand for the summer. Wow. I remember you telling me all about it and and you really grew that summer and and looked at where your life could go and where and and all the good food you ate. I, I yes, think you Yes, lots of good food. Well, before we get into the kind of the the more serious stuff, I want you to ask or answer the following question that we ask everyone. Everyone who comes on to our podcast over the last year has answered this question. And it's so neat because it gives us a glimpse into your imagination. So tell me, if you were quarantined, I always say, uh, you know, if you were quarantined for at least two weeks with three different celebrities or famous people, whether they're dead or alive, who would you choose and then why? Oh, wow. Uh, all right. First one that comes to mind, Gordon Ramsay. No way. I put him in the kitchen, let him cook up some food. Because, I mean, hey, if you're going to be stuck for two weeks, why not have one of the world's best chefs? I mean, there's probably others out there, but like that's the most popular name I know and people probably know. So you have like a Gordon Ramsay who, one, you can cook with, but also he's like, hey, look, I'm going to show you how to cook. Like, get out of my way. I, I got this. I, be, I love cooking. Don't get me wrong. But to have someone of that caliber would make two weeks quite entertaining. And then, I mean, this is probably just like a, I don't want to say like a, uh, not a, what would you call it? 
like a VBS answer, but I think having a meal with Jesus would be really neat mm-hmm. because there's people have all kinds of perceptions of this guy, um, whether good or bad. But one of the things when you read scripture, he just spent time with people. He probably went on hikes, fishing trips, camping trips, probably sat around the barbecue pit and just enjoyed time with people. And then, yeah, later on at one point he says, well, who do you say I am? And they're like, well, you're Jesus, duh, because he spent time with them. Um, he, he, uh, he knew the, the power of being present with people. And so, uh, if I was to be stuck with two weeks with somebody, I think Jesus would be a person who wouldn't say, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that, but just know more how to be present with me in the, in the moment, but also hear some pretty cool stories. Um, so you got the chef in the kitchen cooking a really good meal. You got Jesus just doing life with, and the third person, I don't know. Maybe a musician? Uh, Lauren Daigle. That woman. Oh, the way she sings. We could have Lauren Daigle teaching me how to sing a little bit. So, oh, yeah, that'd be good. See, I tell you. And for all our listeners out there, just in case, I have a French Mastiff who really likes trip. And as soon as she heard his voice, she is now puffing and puffing in the background. So, and shaking her head. And uh, so, trip, Nala is here. Hi, Nala. Um, I think you can see her. We're we're zooming and using the audio, but um, so she had to come up. And of of course my bulldog is behind me, directly behind me. So if you hear snoring, it's not me. So listeners, it is my, no, no, not with you trip. And especially not with those three people that would be interesting. And I would, it would be interesting for Jesus to be talking with Gordon Ramsay when he gets all fired (laughs) up. Well, let's now get down to business. All right. So tell us a little bit about your time at Winget. I mean, you don't have to go day by day, but tell us some of the highlights. Um, When were you a bulldog and what did you get involved in? Perhaps what were some of your favorite courses other than mine, of course, and and maybe a best memory that you have. Mm, okay, so I believe I came into school fall of 2014 and graduated in 2018. Would that be the four years? Something like that. Uh, swam on the swim team the entire four years. And so that took up a whole lot of my time um, just trying to get invested. It's one thing to get involved in 20 different things, or it's a different to get involved in two or three and do it pretty passionately. So swimming was one of those where um, – getting to know a lot of people not like me, man, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I had teammates from Sweden, Norway, Germany, Russia, uh, Belgium, and you could go on. It was like, wow, a boy from the South meets all these Europeans. What an interesting thing. And anytime I didn't get something right, or I didn't know something like, oh, he's from Texas. He wouldn't know because of the time I was living in Texas. Uh, but that was really good. Um, as far as courses, if we're not including yours, uh, a class that I really liked was improv. Um, Barbara Pan, uh, I think that was who I had it with. It was a class of figuring out what do you do to think on your feet um, when a business deal goes south, when something pops up unexpectedly. Sometimes we'll freeze and we'll, we'll be like, oh, I don't know what to do. But in this class, it was one of those things of saying, okay, like let's look at the science behind it, but also kind of the joy in it. And figuring out what do you do when something doesn't go the way it's planned. And so that was a very 
it was a lighthearted class that had lots of deep roots if you let it. And so I really enjoyed that class. I don't know if they're still offering it. Hope they do. Um, yeah, I, I know they, they are still. So people, especially entrepreneurs, I do believe that would be a class that would give you a lot of skill sets to be able to take on the world and win. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm not trying to be a, a spokesperson for that class, but it's definitely a good class if you want to have both fun and practice some, some life skills to help you moving forward. Uh, and then a memory, man, there's all kinds of memories. Um, but one of the memories, and it's again, a picture I have as my background on my computer. Uh, I think it was sophomore year is when I, I ran into Ginger with Hart Monroe. And this is like before Wingate had any kind of connection with Hart Monroe. It was the very beginning. And somehow found out I was on the swim team. I'm like, oh, hey, y'all have a 5K. We'll come and run it with you. And then we got to get the swim team together. And then I think we did it for the next three years before I graduated. And then by even sophomore, junior, senior year, you have all these students, um, or I guess college students coming to come run with the local kids and just seeing the pure joy in their, their, their smile and their heart as we're running through this race. And sometimes like we're, we're the college athletes, right? We should be in good shape, but then we're huffing and puffing and these kids are running and smiling, like slow down. We're swimmers. We're not runners. But that was uh, some good memories right there. Oh, yes. And all my students, you're, you got right even before you came into the course, we, the religion department designed a, a newsletter that went out to you just to kind of get to know each other sort of thing. And you'll see a picture of Trip running in the 5K with some of the kids who are, I think, blowing on by you. Like just, yeah, you know. I wouldn't doubt it. I know it was, it was so much fun. Um, so there are lots of opportunities to, to make those connections and deepen your roots in the community. And I know I came to Wingate university in 2014. So we both had our first mm-hmm. year together. Um, and that was really kind of fun for me. And I also got to know ginger at that time. And I think you became an intern for Hart for Monroe. Is that correct? I did. So that wasn't until like senior year. We had already kind of developed that relationship some, and then it was like, hey, really like what you're doing. Can I learn? And I think that's maybe getting into what you're looking at with this class and trying to develop who you are and where you want to be. It's it's recognizing something and just saying, hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst thing they'll say is no, but Mm -hmm. the answer will always be no unless you ask. It's true. And oh, Ginger said yes. And she still talks about you and Joby. She was the other intern that year, and uh, you guys did a lot of wonderful things and learned mm-hmm. a lot of things. So tell us now a little bit of what you've been doing after you graduated. So just kind of some of the snapshots. Did you take any grad programs? Did you work right away? How do you kind of come to be where you are now? Uh, well, if I said I got myself here, I'd be lying. I never thought I'd be living in Louisiana being a school teacher and everything else that I'm doing right now. So graduated um, and said, I went to Thailand for that summer. Uh, The, the plan at that time in life was to do graduate school. And I was looking at two different schools, um, one in Oklahoma and one in, well, Texas. Uh, One offered an online format. One was in person and the in-person seemed like a great idea. But then the opportunity to do the online program and move back to Thailand for a year 
sounded like an opportunity that not wanting to pass up. And so I quote unquote jumped out of the airplane um, and said, let's go land in Thailand and do grad school. Well, I wound up in Louisiana when I landed on the ground. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, oh no, what is this? I never wanted to live in Louisiana. Not that Louisiana's bad, great place, great people, but um, that was not my plan. And so in that and through that, uh, I was in a grad program called a Master's of Arts in Global Service. Um, it takes all different types of uh, avenues, but it's basically trying to make the world a better place one person at a time. It has some Christian values in there. It has some, we had some business practices, conflict management, but just trying to figure out how do we serve the world globally. And I mean, at first when I was getting into it, I thought, well, international. But then when you look into your own backyard, it's, you disagree with your own neighbor half the time. And so figuring out how do we work together rather than against each other is, so with that, let's see. And now I actually finished grad school in a week. Uh, I have a, yes, I will be done. It's been a journey. And so in and through that, when I got back from, uh, I was in Thailand for that summer of 2018. And then I landed and I was like, okay, what, what do we do next? Like, what does life look like moving forward? And, uh, and talking with my dad, he's like, hey, what's one of the best things you've ever done? And I was like, I really liked Heart from Monroe, working with people. Um, just say, hey, like, let's work with you versus for you. And it's like, what if you did something here? And I was like, what do you mean do something here? I'm at the time, how old was I? 23, I think, or 22, something like that. And I was like, you want me to start a nonprofit? I'm kind of young. That's crazy. Well, we did the paperwork and um, I got some people and five weeks later, the IRS said, hey, you're a 501c3. Congratulations. And I was like, whoa, five weeks. Um, okay. And, and now yeah. the real work starts. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've been blessed. We've actually had some incredible partners um, like Louisiana Hot Sauce. Fun. Yeah. I live in Louisiana. Kind of funny, right? We're actually you're famous you, yeah. you are sponsored by the hot sauce yeah i don't know if sponsor would be the right word but they've seen some stuff that we've been doing through the community and they're like hey how can we join and so it's it's interesting when you pursue something that you're passionate about and you're transparent in that how other people recognize it and want to join you without you even having to ask for it i mean yeah there are times where you have to go and say hey come and join our cause but if your your heart's in it for the right reason, people tend to see that. But I was doing the nonprofit the first year that I lived here, and then, um, well, broke grad student. What do you do? Hmm. Let's go substitute teach. There's no commitment on that. You can go for a day. You can tell them yes. You can tell them no. Uh, and then I got a phone call saying, "Hey, can you come and teach?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." What day? In, in my mind, and the principal said permanently, and I was like what do you mean permanently? Hey, we're now what? I've just finished my first year and a half teaching. So I started in 2020, January, and then COVID hit what, three months later. And so then schools got shut down and I'm like, what is going on? Like I just started teaching now I'm taken out of it. And then I got asked to come and teach this past year and we taught the whole year. And then now actually we start teaching a week today. So how old are your students? What grade, where? 
fourth grade science. Um, well, I teach science, uh, but fourth graders range anywhere from like nine to 11. Usually teaching is something that I'm not going to say I, did, I thought it was easy, but I'm like, ah, teachers, man, what a life. They get, they do that. I got not. Then all of a sudden I started teaching. I'm like, holy moly. You're a parent, you're a coach, you're a role model, you're a psychologist, you're a best friend, you're a parent. And it's like, there are so many hats that you can play and the opportunity is so great. But also at the same time, your students, if you let them, will change your perspective and, and help you see the world in a better view. So it's, yeah. it's definitely an opportunity that is one worth taking. Tell us a little more now about Heart for Iberia, because because it's like this is kind of what you do, and then the nonprofit is part of your identity. So tell us yeah. a little bit. Where did the name come from, and then who inspired you, and and what did you learn from them? Because you talked a little bit about Ginger, but tell me a little bit more. Mm. Uh, I guess to backtrack a little bit to kind of get to where Heart for Iberia came from. Um, in my life, I've been blessed to have good parents, um, good professors in college, whether it was you. Um, yeah, you, you were great. Oh, you're so sweet. That's why I called you Aunt Kathy and people looked at me funny. Like, uh, hey, we almost have the same curly hair. So, you know. Yeah, your name is. Oh, wait, do they know your name? Your other name? I don't oh, know. they don't. Maybe they don't. Well, let's see if they're listening to the podcast, but go right ahead. Yeah, her name is Noodle. Um, I think legend has it back in the day, if you don't know, she played football in Canada and she was a bad mamma jamma. And there were <laughs> several other like Catherines on the team and she had this curly spiral noodle-like hair. And they said, hey, we're going to call you Noodle. And so. Yes, they did. And that stuck even to today. My friends who I played with and some of them still play um they're they're bad mama jamas and uh but yeah noodle yep noodle Maybe the first person to bring you a box of like ramen noodles gets two extra bonus points <laughs> there we go oh i'm gonna have so many noodles but i will love it i will okay, give so, it all to ginger <laughs> so in that uh there's been a lot of people who kind of breathe life into me um they 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 and i recognize like i am where i am today because of other people and so then when it came time to school, um, whether it was you, whether it was Ginger or other people that I did life with, um, no matter how crazy my idea was, you didn't say no. You said, okay, how are we going to do this? What does this look like? Never said that's a crazy idea. And so that kind of had me take this mentality of, okay, let's actually try it. And so with Heart for Monroe, it's main idea is let's have a heart for Monroe. Um, let's figure out where I need, like see a need, fill a need. Um, but also rather than just coming in and saying, Hey, you need this doing life with people and saying, Hey, what do you want to do in your community? How do you see this being better? Like what needs to change and then helping champion their big and great versus bringing your own. And so where I live is in a city called new Iberia. Um, Iberia is like our County. Well, in Louisiana, you call it your parish. And we said, okay, really? yeah, parish. So Louisiana, when it was founded, uh, most of your towns were named after your local parish, like your local church. And so you have all these different parishes. And so, yeah, we, we have parishes, not counties in Louisiana. 
See, I learned something every time we talk. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, why are we calling them parishes? Like, let's call it a county, not a parish. Well, then you get used to saying parish. And yeah. Anyways, so started Heart for Iberia because I wanted to have a heart for our community. I was like, well, I've done a lot of stuff, um, but maybe my way of giving back since I had wanted to go to Thailand and that went south. Uh, not south in the standpoint of some people who are, who I was going to go and meet there. Um, just some things were going on and it wasn't going to be the best fit at that time in life. Could I have done it? Yes. But um, just for some reasons figured not going there at that time in life was the best idea. But in and through that got to Louisiana uh, and said, Hey, there's a lot of good things going on in our community. What can I do? And I'm like, well, I don't know what I can do. Well, hmm, maybe I can start a nonprofit. And then the nonprofit just simply being there to champion other people. Uh, what I had recognized in growing up or even in North Carolina is people sometimes are very hesitant to join the bandwagon or to join a cause. But when you have something like Heart for Monroe, which hopefully you are familiar with, if not, go figure it out. You have this organization who's like, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. It's a 100% transparent model. And people like quote unquote, ate it up. They're like, this is great. Let's go and do this. And then all of a sudden it it morphs into this amazing community um, event where rather than being led from the inside out, it's led from the outside in, which is a neat model. That is. So tell me about an event you've done and, and how that kind of is moving towards transforming or meeting a need that you saw or an opportunity in the community. Okay, so one of the most recent events we did is we had a 5K um, for mental health awareness. Uh, COVID has wrecked the world, uh, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. Um, And unfortunately, mental health is a stigma, or it has been. Like, oh, you have mental health? Like, yeah, you're weird. Back up. But if we're being honest with ourselves, every single person at one point or another probably struggles with mental health. Um, just whether it's being overwhelmed or overworked. Tired <laughs> would be another word. Tired, tired. Sounds good. <laughs> and so figuring out how do we bring awareness, just saying like, hey, look, mental, not trying to change mental health, not trying to necessarily like fix people, but saying, hey, it is real and let's do it. So we had this crazy idea to do a 5K. I mean, we had, I had run in a 5k with a uh, heart from rose 5k like follow your heart 5k but never ran a 5k and uh well this time we had to run it or we ran it and it was interesting um and so we did a 5k for mental health awareness and it was called bayou side like b-a-y-o-u Ooh, like the bayou on the yeah. bayou because we have bayous in louisiana um that's what we call them at least and we started the 5k by the bayou so bayou side and the idea was being by your side when it counts that's what we all need to hear is like you want to have someone by your side they don't have to have the right words the right anything other than just saying hey i'm here for you um and when we have that one person in our life that can kind of champion just us it makes that the changes world. everything Well, so first 5k we ever did, like at one point we had 20 sponsors and we had like 10 runners and we're like, "Mm, this is not good. Like (laughs) we've got twice as many sponsors as we do runners. And then we're about a month out and now we're at like, say 70 runners. And we're like, sweet, we have 70 runners. This is not going to be a total failure. 
like, okay, cause you raised all this support. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up raising over $10,000 for a mental health awareness. Wow. We use to help like the plan right now is we're working with our school system to uh, figure out some trainings that we can do to help maybe equip teachers to have a better idea of um, or give them some tools to recognize uh, when their students or themselves are being affected by mental health and giving some tools to move forward. But anyways, uh, before the race started, um, within a week's time, we jumped to over 350 people or right at 350. And it's like, oh, my goodness. There's so many people coming up. What we, so we ended up shutting off registration the night before because they were just flooding in. And what ended up happening was, is there were people who were coming out in honor of a loved one who had either mm-hmm. committed suicide or been lost to mental health and saying, hey, we want to say mental health no more. Like, it's real. Let's let's acknowledge it. And so that was a really neat event to bring a lot of people together. Um, nothing over the top per se, but just people being able to run by each other's side and do that. So that was a really neat event that we did. And that changed a lot. It mm-hmm. changed, it will change how teachers are equipped. Students will have advocates and, and allies. So again, where this the theme and the framework for the GPS course is, mm-hmm. is looking deep inside yourself and and kind of going, how can I offer something to the world? to make it a better place. And this is one example. Um, and I, I love how you inspire others to be with others and in doing so change the world. Yeah. Um, and so you can, you can do it through companies. You can do it. There's so many different services, all sorts of ways, but we talk a lot about entrepreneurship in this class. So how would you define entrepreneurship? And do you see yourself as an entrepreneur? Would you, would you use that language? I don't know if I'd use that language just because like, it's not a word you always use in your vocabulary every every day, but I could see it. I mean, one of the things that a good way to start maybe, and I don't know if this is running against the grain or going too far, but. uh, We like against the grain because that's our podcast, so you know. If you want to figure out something you're passionate about, maybe go and join someone who's passionate about something and help them champion their big and great. So if they have something they're passionate about, say, look, let me go. Hey, can I can I come walk alongside you? Can I come and do this with you? And maybe in the process, as you're helping someone achieve their dreams, you discover your own. Um, I mean, I never thought I'd be a teacher, but now I'm teaching and I'm like, this is great. So it is. And, and you don't always have to go overseas to change the world. You can do it right in your backyard and with every day that you get up. And, and mm-hmm. that's why I love teaching. I, I love teaching because every day I learn something when I walk into that classroom. And if you have that mindset and we talk about virtues and one of the virtues of prudence, I am so not going to test you because you were in my GPS class, but one of the traits and aspects of prudence is docility, not in being a, a doormat, but being teachable. Mm-hmm. And so how that that's a key part. And, and the students are reading who owns the ice house, being teachable, walking alongside someone who has something to offer and trusting there's something there for you, whether it's in the, you know, the cab of the truck that so the two gentlemen that wrote this book, they were talking about his uncle was in the cab of the truck and he would talk wisdom to him and he would listen and drink it in. And that changed how he did his lived his life. But for you, for teaching, do you learn from your students? 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, to to get into that, one of the pieces of advice you gave me before I left school, or maybe you told me the entire time, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it was because I needed a change or if it was just healthy encouragement. But you're like, be a student for life. Don't be a teacher. In the standpoint of... That, that Look how out. wrong I was. That came out wrong. No, that came out completely wrong. Let's say that again. <laughs> when, you, when you think you're only a teacher and you can never learn, that is where you're wrong. But if you can live life as a student, whether you're young, old, and you can learn from them and then also continue to teach, that's where the beauty of life is, that you've got to always be willing to be taught. But if you think that you know better than everybody else, yeah, maybe you're wrong. Um, and so, I mean, you just don't get everything out of life, I think. So I learned about parishes today in this conversation. So just being open to the opportunities to learn, to grow, to be. And I think that's a joyful way to kind of live your life. You still know lots, but I think you even took that into your nonprofit. You don't go in and do to someone like, I think I know what you need. You start with heart for Iberia and Mm -hmm. a true heart listens to what the hearts of others are saying. And and that's what you did with the race and look all the people that came out because you spoke to their hearts, Mm -hmm. what they love the most. And, and uh, so as we, I I want you to offer the same thing that I kind of did. I don't remember saying it, but I'm so glad I did. Um, What advice would you give Bulldogs that are listening to this? Um, maybe on the cusp of graduation or close to who are interested in following their own hearts. So what is, and building a better world. So what is the advice you would give to them? Mm, There's all kinds of advice. Um, Being intentional. I know that's a word that may get overused, but when you, when you meet with somebody and you're sitting for 10 minutes, having some coffee, are you checking your phone the entire time? Or are you genuinely listening to the other person? Because believe it or not, people notice when you're like, you're fully present or not. And when you're present with people, you begin to form relationships and community uh, because it's changing the world often looks at changing the mirror. How do you see yourself? Um, and if you see yourself in a positive way, how can you help others see the same in them? And so whatever avenue you choose to go into, remember there are people behind the numbers. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, the statistics is there's, there's so much poverty or there's so much this or so much that. But what happens when the kids names like Dekalen or Janiah or and, and you recognize the names of these people that you're working with, it becomes more of a communal event to where. I'm not here just to help you because honestly, I'm probably going to learn more from you than you are from me, but how do we do life together? And what does that look like? Um, What is something that you need to work on? And so I guess to kind of put it in a nutshell in a a 10 second blurb, maybe 11 seconds. I talk too fast or too slow. Be intentional, figure out what you want. And if you don't know what you want, that's okay. But just as you spend time with people and you intentionally build some of those relationships, it's going to become more clear where you feel your role is, but also as you help others feel what their role is. I love it. And one of the things that, that uh, our class is doing, but also I encourage any listener in the community to do the same is 
develop the portrait of who you are and who you want to be. So for my class, they're doing for their final exam, one of their questions will be visualize your portrait as an entrepreneur, as an individual who can empower change in the world. What would that look like? And I think your 10 second, 11 second, um, the way you would visualize it would be very unique. And I invite everyone in the communities listening to also kind of take that on. What portrait do you want to show the world about who you are? Yeah, um, and if that's, if that's too hard, though, one thing mm-hmm. that helped me, and I'll give credit to where credit's due, Matthew McConaughey in a video, all right, all right, all right, that guy. He, uh, <laughs> he said, sometimes it's easier to figure out who you're not. And if you create a list and talk it out, like, this is who I don't want to be. I don't want to be X, Y, and Z. Maybe in the process of figuring out who you are, it becomes a little bit easier by knowing who you don't want to be. Well, I love it. You're giving exi- advice for all our students yeah. and people in the community. And it's true. And if you choose not to be this person, then who is the positive? What person are you then? Mm-hmm. There's the two sides to that coin. So I love it. And I'm so grateful that you were able to spend time with us. And for all our listeners out there, stay tuned for more exciting Against the Grain episodes where we focus on sowing the seeds of change in Eastern Union County. Bye. Bye.